In today's show, we look at the waiver wire for fantasy basketball. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Look at the waiver wire. Going to change up the format a little bit of it because we are in fantasy playoffs or if we're not in fantasy playoffs, we're really bloody close to it. So it's not about long-term value. It's about what's happening at the moment. So with that in mind, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> Let's have a look at the most added players over the last 24 hours. It is no surprise to see Tari tank season at the top because he played 31 minutes last game. He played 28 the game before that, and there are a ton of caveats surrounding that. Jay Sean Tate was out. Kevin Porter was out. Jalen Green played limited minutes. This is all true. Um, but I, we, again, I'm t- do I want to hang on some things that Steven Silas, the worst coach in the NBA, said? Maybe. A little bit. At least pay attention to it. And as I say all the way through the season, you're better off taking a flyer on a guy at the moment like Eason and it not working out than missing out on him. Like taking a flyer on the second guy on this list, Austin Reeves, who was really good yesterday. I don't think the upside's really there. Like maybe he's 110th for a week or so. Like I don't think it's that high. But if Eason actually hits at 28 minutes or 27 minutes, it's a top 60 player. And that's really hard to get at this point in the season. So you take the flyer on it. There are tons of reasons why he won't play 28 minutes or 30 minutes a night. Tons. And again, as I said, it's Porter, it's Green, it's Tate, it's Silas. But yesterday, we also saw for really the first time, despite all of these injuries being happening for a long time, we really saw him play next to Smith and Shengun, which just hadn't happened. And you tie that in with the comments from Silas saying, we're going to be trying a bunch of different lineup combinations that we haven't tried. That gives me some hope that, uh, maybe they're going to see what he can do. Maybe they're going to try something different. He might come in today with Porter and Green and Tate, maybe all playing. I don't actually have the updated. Um, I know, I know Jalen Green is playing, but are those other guys actually... In Kevin Porter is still questionable for today. What about Jay Sean Tate? Is he available? Yeah, he's available as well. So we'll get a great idea today. But you take Eason, and then we figure it out after that. The second guy is Austin Reeves. Now, he was really good yesterday, and there is a chance to stream him today. No LeBron, no Russell, no Anthony Davis, all out for the Lakers. Reeves is not a huge volume player. He's not a guy that's going to be a 30 usage guy moving forward or going to take on all of LeBron's role or anything like that. He's going to be really solid. He's going to be useful. He's going to be a very strong 14-team league guy, maybe pushing to 12s, but the upside's not quite as high as Eason. Another guy who's been added a lot is the cashier, Xavier T. Illman. Big minutes yesterday. 
against the Lakers, and they play again today against the Rockets. Is Clark or Tillman the better matchup against Shangun? I honestly have given up guessing with Taylor Jenkins. I would think that Clark's a better matchup, but who knows? So no problem trying out Tillman, no problem adding Tillman, seeing what happens. The long-term viability of it's not really there. Even the intermediate short-term value probably isn't there because Adams is likely back in two to three games. But taking a crack, no worries. Look at the two Dennis's next, Dennis Schroeder and Dennis Smith Jr. Dennis Schroeder's value is obviously high with no Russell, no LeBron. When Russell does come back, I think that really does hurt Schroeder because I don't think they'll start them together, but he's absolutely worth having. Whereas someone like Dennis Smith Jr. has way more long-term appeal. I don't think that they'll start him. Again, we'll find that out today. I think Ubre will start next to Rogier, but we'll still get 27 to 30 minutes out of Smith, which might be two steals, a block, six assists, and 12 points which is definitely enough, and you can do that for the next six to seven weeks, whereas Schroeder might do it for two games. They're both useful, but I would have Smith over Schroeder. And then we've got the Detroit big men. We've got James Wiseman Sr. and Marvin Bagley the fourth. So with Stewart and Duran both out today, both Bagley and Wiseman, and it doesn't really matter which one I'm talking about, they're the same player. You can go and stream those guys in for today. When Stewart and Durham play, I honestly have no idea. I know what I would do, so that means the Pistons would do the opposite. But again, I don't even have confidence they'll do that. But for now, Bagley and Wiseman, totally okay. The I guess if you want to look at it this way is that Wiseman's starting, so the potential for him to play more minutes is probably higher on the majority of nights. So if you want to lean one way, maybe you lean the starter. Bagley's obviously been in the league with more experience for longer than Wiseman. So if you give that nod that way, but really it's a coin flip. If it's a coin flip, I tend to lean towards the starter, which is probably Wiseman. And I tend to believe that these guys won't be relevant in maybe two, three games time. I don't know. And the last guy on this list is another Los Angeles Lakers player, Lonnie Walker. Hello. He was really good yesterday, scored well with Russell, Davis, James all out. He's going to have stream value for today. We know what he is. He's a scoring guy who doesn't do anything else. But he's going to get opportunities for more shots today. Long term, I don't see it. Short term, absolutely no problem whatsoever. Let's look. Well, actually, I'll tell you today that our episode is brought to you by Fan Jewel. Yes, I don't know why I said it that way, but the midway midway point of the season is here, and it's now the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. And you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and even three-pointers drain. Today, we've got Kevin Durant returning to action, first game for the Phoenix Suns, so you can have a look at his player Points lines over on Fangio, and it's set at only 20 and a half. I guess they're expecting a fairly significant minutes restriction. That's pretty low. You can also look on the Hornets side without LaMelo Ball. Gordon Haywood is at 17 and a half for his points line. Seems low as well. Fangio even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fangio.com slash locked on. That's fangio.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fangio, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's look at the most dropped players over the last 24 hours. Number one is Malachi Branham. People moved off really quickly. Now, Branham wasn't playing particularly well before that injury yesterday. There is the impending return of Trey Jones and uh, Devin Vassell and Romeo Langford, maybe. There's a bunch of stuff that can impact Branham, and I don't think his upside for this season in category leagues is that high. So, Again, we're in the playoffs. Move on. Like, that's fine. He had four points in 21 minutes. Move on. Drop him. Cool. 
Will he be streamed in other points? Probably, but don't worry about it. Lamelo Ball, yep, obviously dropping him. Precious Achua, obviously dropping him. Monte Morris, missed two games, not good enough to hold. Probably wasn't an add or a hold even before the injury. Easy drop. Malik Monk, yeah, look, he played well. Last two games, he hasn't played that well. Move on. You stream him when there's opportunities there. He is not a must-hold player. The Cockroach, Mason Plumley, very easy drop. As soon as you saw Zubat's back, no reason to have him at all. Drop him very, very clearly. Terrence Mann. The Clippers are going to be a mess rotation-wise because it takes Ty Lue a while to figure out what these best combinations are. I think we can all see it, but he can't. So he takes a little bit of time to figure that out. Now, that, at some point, that might mean Mann gets back to 28 minutes a night. But I don't think we want to wait. And even if he plays 28, it doesn't even matter that much for fantasy. And then one of the other most dropped players is Cameron Thomas because he stunk yesterday. I wouldn't be that quick to drop Thomas, but as we highlighted, he's 170th over the last three weeks. He's not like he's a good player. He's a scoring option. If you need points, he brings that. He's going to have a sizable enough role, 24 to 26 minutes off the bench most nights, and you'll get a lot of shots up. Does that make sense for your team? Maybe. Is he droppable for some of you? Yeah, absolutely. For some of you, no, he makes more sense. So that really does depend, I think, on the individual roster structure of your team. Now, this is normally where I do the must roster segment and say, hey, these guys are all um, available and you need to add them. But that's not where we are in this point of the season. Actually, I screwed up. This is not where we normally do the must roster. We do normally something else here, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, Focus on your team. Focus on your matchups. You don't have to... Yes, the must roster top 100 guys, they're guys that you usually want to have. But if they're out, if they're struggling, if it doesn't make sense in your matchup where you need to win five out of nine categories to win, then don't worry about it. Don't worry about names. Don't worry about long-term values. You can a little bit, but not really. You're looking to win this week's matchup, so I don't want to be out here telling you, you must roster these guys. I want you guys to understand that you have to make the moves that make sense for your team. Look at your matchup. How do you see this going? How do you see the production and the projection going for the week? What players make sense who get more games in, who play more games, who play on the Sunday, who give you the categories that you need? That is who is must roster. What we do normally do at this point is look at droppable players. And I've been a little bit more harsh on the droppable players. You might look at this list and go, I don't think they're drops, Josh. But again, you just have to make tough calls. Malik Monk, I think is a pretty easy drop, right? If you need points and threes, you can get him back. No problem. Brandon Clark, if you've got him, it's been an interesting run. It's been up and down, but he's by no means a must-hold player. The most controversial one on this list, I think, is Bobby Portis because I know he's been really strong all season, a top 100 player, but a lot of that was done without Chris Middleton. Some of it was done without Giannis. All of it was done without Jay Crowder, and those three guys are all playing at the moment, and Portis is coming back off his own injury, played 16 minutes yesterday, and has struggled in every game. He's not going to be a 27-minute-a-night player like he was earlier in the season. Again, out of all of these guys on this list, I'd probably drop Portis the last out of everyone here. But he's definitely not a non-droppable player. He has to be considered to be dropped. Trey Murphy, that's a pretty clear drop. The last four are more points league specific, but Herb Jones is only a specialist. You don't have to hold him. And in points leagues, he doesn't really bring it. Kevin Love, yeah, he had a couple of moments where the minutes pushed up and he can be a rebounding guy. He can be rostered, but he absolutely doesn't have to be. There's too much inconsistency in his role, I think, or even in his future role to consider him a must. Bogdan Bogdanovich played well yesterday, played 19 minutes. And with Sadiq Bey there and him not getting 28, 29 minutes a night, Bogdanovich, it just makes him not a must roster player. Again, you can have him, but he's not a must. And the last one is De'Anthony Melton. We like the value for Melton this week because of the four quality games. 
And there's still three of those games left. So you don't have to drop him. In fact, I'd suggest not dropping him at this point. But we know that he is eminently droppable, specifically in points leagues, because of the way that they're running their rotations. But with three quality games left this week for Melton, you hold on and we see where that takes us. Let's look at the guys or a bunch of guys who are top 100 over the last week. The Wizard of Nas, Nas Reed, or as LeBron would call him, Nas Reed. Um, he had some big games. One of them was next to Gobert. One of them was in replacement of Gobert. And it's why it's always important to understand context. Yes, he's a top 100 player, Reed, over the last week. Doesn't mean that I want him in 12-team leagues. It means I'm always ready to add him as soon as Gobert appears on the injury report and see what happens. But no, we don't add him in 12s. Taylor Horton Tucker, though, is top 100 over the last week, and we definitely add him. He's the starting point guard. Colin Sexton's out at least a week. Horton Tucker is the guy I think we want over Chris Dunn. Add him. And let's see what happens. And then, much like Nas Reed, look at the other Nas, Nasir Little, who had a couple of big games. And then when they got sort of healthy in a normal rotation, he barely played. So it's not even healthy because still Simons, Nurkic, and Winslow out. They don't like him. Billups doesn't like him. He needs so much to go right for him to be anywhere near 14-team league value. He had a couple of those games. A lot of people added him. We don't do that. We don't worry about this top 100 numbers. DeLon Wright? Yes, I think he is a 12-team league guy, even though the starts have been a little bit disappointing. But he is still a 12-team league player. KJ Martin absolutely is. He's top 100. He should be rostered in every league. Dan Gafford also should be rostered in every league, and he's been top 100. It absolutely helps that Porzingis is out. But I still believe there's a path for top 100 for him, even when KP plays. Nico Batum has been top 100, but I don't trust that at all. I don't trust him for a single second to play enough or to produce enough to be a 12-team ad. And then the last one, which I was pretty stunned to see, is Sticks, Jalen Smith. He's somehow top 100 over the last week, playing backup behind Miles Turner, taken over from Daniel Tice, who took over from Isaiah Jackson. That just means in deeper leagues, we do want to look at Jalen Smith. And if Turner misses, we do stream in Smith. That's all we really do there. We don't add him, but he has produced, thanks to some big block numbers, he has produced really good numbers over the last week. And I just think that's interesting to note because sometimes those little changes go unnoticed. Let's look at the rest of the week. There are five days left. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Five days left this week. These guys are all available in over 50% of Yahoo leagues. And I think they're going to have good value for you this week. Dante DiVincenzo. Yes, there's no Steph. Maybe he's back next week. There's no Wiggins. Who knows when he's back. So DiVincenzo is going to start and play 30 plus minutes. Great ad. Tari Eason. Yes, really good ad. I don't know what's going to happen, but we add him and see what happens. Drew Eubanks, I don't expect Nurkic back this week. Eubanks is not great, but in three games for the rest of this week, he might block five shots, maybe six. He might get you 20 rebounds. He might shoot 65%. It's, it's enough. Matisse Thibel, well, in those three games, he might get six steals and three blocks. He also had a scoring outburst last game. Really strong ad. Got a couple of wizards there, Dylan Wright and Daniel Gafford. I just spoke about them. They are really solid ads for the rest of this week. Alex Caruso, this is again mainly steals, but he might get five assists a game, 1.5 steals a game. Yeah, four to five steals in three games, 15, 16 assists. It's enough to make a difference now that he is starting. And then KJ Martin, he is available everywhere. Yes, Tate is back and Green is back and Porter might be back. I don't think it impacts Martin that much. I think he'll still play 30 minutes and he'll still be pretty useful. It will impact usage a bit, but he's still going to be useful enough.
And let's go through a bunch of other names. Isaiah Joe. He's interesting to grab because Shea is out. He didn't really see much in terms of usage yesterday. I think he'll be fine today. I think he's a great short-term ad while Shea is out um, for points and threes. Really, really strong. Malik Beasley, another name worth mentioning. He gets a lot of minutes. He's going to get a lot of minutes, but he's not someone who has a well-rounded game. We know that. He's going to be up and down. He's very similar to another guy in this list, Tim Hardaway Jr. They'll get points and threes, 16 points, four threes, 16 points, five threes, 21 points, seven threes. Three points, one three. That's sort of what they'll do with very limited contributions in other areas. That's useful. It's always worth taking flyers on them, especially if you're looking to build up those numbers in points and threes. His role seems fairly secure, Malik, which is great. So he's he's worth having. MC Hamadou Diallo. We know he can be a high field goal percentage guy, high steals guy. It helps that everyone has been out for Detroit, but some of those guys are coming back. Ivy and Bogdanovich are returning. Diallo's going to sit around 19, 21 minutes most nights. He's going to be okay to stream in for specific stats, but he's not someone that we need to rush to grab. I talked about Tim Hardaway. Just everything I said for Beasley applies to Hardaway. Although he did start last game Hardaway in the second half, so watch to see whether that sticks. And then the other guy that started the second half was Maxi Kleber, who is a very good defender, better than Dwight Powell, better than Christian Wood. So does Kleber get to 26 minutes straight away? He played like 23 in his first game back. Does he start over Dwight Powell? He could be a two threes, two blocks guy. That's, maybe that's a little bit high. Maybe it's 1.5 blocks, 1.5 threes. That can be useful for the right person. Don't add him, but we just watch to see what his role is. We watch to see where he sits in that rotation. But he's definitely a name to watch. I think Chris Dunn has short-term value while Colin Sexton's out. He's getting a lot of points, weirdly enough. He's not a good shooter, but big assists, big steal numbers. Um, well, not big assists, okay assists, big steal numbers. And he's worth having for the short term. In New Orleans, with Larry Nance out, is it Billy Hernan Gomez or is it Jackson Hayes? Last game, it was Hayes. I don't think that's guaranteed to happen every game, so I'll definitely keep an eye on Bill Hernan Gomez, especially if we do find, and let me just double-check to see whether we know that. We don't. If Valanciunas is ruled out today, I'd be rushing to add Hernan Gomez, even if Jackson Hayes starts. And the other name to watch is Skullfinger, Charlie Bassey, who I saved, I saved the best for last, maybe. He's a definite 14-team league ad who has immense appeal as a 12-team streamer. And if you added him in 12-team leagues and just rode with him, I don't think it's incorrect. I probably wouldn't do it. I'd rather value that as a streaming spot, spot more than having him. But in 14-team leagues, Bassey is killing it. He gets 18 minutes a night. He puts up 12-team numbers. I think he's a very, very, very good fantasy player who could have a real impact on a lot of fantasy leagues rest of season. And that was a quick fire waiver wire show. Don't forget to check out the streaming show, which gives you ideas for every day. And guys, we can stream in those situations. That'll be coming later today. And follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.